Hello, and welcome back to Choco Disaster, <laughs> the world's only anime podcast. The only one. I've Google searched it, nothing. Yeah. Anime is a total wasteland podcast-wise. <laughs> and I'm Chorpsaway. Yeah, and I'm Future Friend. Hey, what's up? And we're here to tell you about weeks 5 and 6 of the winter 2015 season. So let's get on that. Yeah. But first, we've got some news. Oh, tell me about the news. Oh, so here's some really good anime news. So, um, a new Android iOS romance game has come out in Japan. Ah. But it, it's a twist. Instead of beautiful anime waifus, they're one million year old super powered grannies. Ah, finally, something after my exquisite taste. <laughs> it is called Pure Love Hag School, mm -hmm. and it is a sequel to a game where you take million year old grannies and bodybuild them to the point where they get grotesque muscles. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think uh, I personally prefer the prequel here. You know, more to my taste, this, yeah. which, as I said before, are exquisite. Right, and so uh, this game is about uh, four ladies that you can date, and I will in fact send you a link to the picture of these ladies. But this is a uh, this picture shows the entire cast, which includes a transfer student, a sister type, a student body president, and an idol. Wait, is the transfer student Piccolo? Yes, the transfer student is in fact Piccolo. Mm -hmm. All right, good, good. Yeah, no, I agree with this game. Yeah, like um. A societal and on a political basis. They have voice acting clips too, and they're just played by, you know, like, the average, like, you know, 20, 30-something-year-old voice actresses, except for the one who looks like Piccolo, who is voiced by, uh, I believe a man. Um, oh. it, it's definitely a deep-voiced, it, either it's, like, pitch-shifted or it's a very deep voice. Mm-hmm. So, um, also, in the news, this, this is kind of a dry week as far as anime news, but, um... Level 5, known for uh, Professor Layton, er, uh, earlier, I think last year, released a new series called Yokai Watch, which is supposed to be like the next Pokemon, Digimon, Collect 'em All sort of series. Ah, uh, the next craze. Yeah, I remember um, all those other crazes that happened. Yes, but um, Yokai Watch is like really big in Japan right now. Like, t taking over kind of the popularity that like Pokemon had at its prime. And so it's bring, being brought over to the West, the TV show, the toys, the games, everything. Mm -hmm. So we may be seeing a new insurgence of children with uh, collect -em all personalities. Oh, wait, what? Instead of the what we have now, the adults with the collect -em all personalities? Right, again. So yeah. we have the adults now who are still into Pokemon. We're trying to get kids into a new series. And where are the teenagers who aren't in Digimon? I don't know. They're just kind of gone. I, I don't I don't think anyone remembers what Digimon is at this point. No, Digimon is purity. It's love. It's perfect. I mean, next season, apparently, they're bringing back Digimon, but... Wow, now that's some news. Hey! But, uh, honestly, like, as far as anime stuff goes, that's, that's about the... That's about the brunt of it. I mean, I could talk about how I could talk about how Kantai Collection and Attack on Titan are getting arcade games. Oh, because of their immense popularity. Oh, tell me more. I do so enjoy uh, nationalism on both parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what what is expected to be a fad seems like Kantai Collection is actually like taking off incredibly well. Yeah, as far as a franchise, it's almost impressive. 
Well, to be fair, though, after having seen and thought about the anime, it feels like just grown in a lab, like, uh, you know, like how it was manipulated to be this certain way. Uh-huh. Of course, by that I mean just pandering to lonely waifu nerds. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, there is something I wanted to point out, because I think it's an interesting idea and a terrible business decision, but, um, so... There's a new game coming out by Compileheart called Destroyer Trillion, and it has it, it's using DLC as incentive for purchasing the game. So it's basically the more um, reservations and pre-orders it gets, the better the DLC will be. Oh, uh, what? So like it, they have ranks of DLC. And so it's like, ah, oh, you'll get a certain amount of items here, or you'll get a certain amount of missions here. And as the ranks go up, it'll be like, oh, we'll do crossovers with popular video game franchises, where, like, near the top, it's like, oh, we'll add Neptunia, you know, DLC. Ah, uh, yeah, popular video game franchise, Neptunia. Hey, it's unfortunate, but true. Wait, it, it really is? Oh, yeah, no, it's big. Man, I, like, even in America or just in Japan? Uh, it's gotten quite a it's gotten quite a following oh overall but yeah so i thought that was an interesting idea and also probably a terrible business decision but i wanted oh, to bring it up yeah no it's it's going to lead to a lot of people when they figure it out just saying man i've pretty fucking ripped off for having spent money on something that's now amazing exactly so that's about it for the news pretty dry as far as it goes but um I think as we get closer to the new season and things get announced as far as shows, it should be exciting. It should uh, start to pick up. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, how far are we away from like spring season? Six weeks, right? Uh, six to seven weeks. All right. Yeah. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah. Anime's gonna become real. Just watch out. Thanks, Barack Obama. He's gonna make anime real for us. Anyways. I thought it was Ron Paul. Oh. You got you got your animemes wrong, son. <laughs> You're not fit to host this podcast anymore. I'm taking over. God damn it! Well, fine. You can do the editing. Never mind. Just take over my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I didn't want it anyway. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for the anime. Mm-hmm. So uh, first up, we'll be talking about Death Parade, as we are wont to do. Yeah. Um. The so last so this um. These last two weeks of Death Parade have focused more on more characters inside the inside the world of Queen Deckham. Mm-hmm. Because we were introduced to a new bartender, one of the new people on the background, and uh, we kind of got to see how the new bartender treats people. Because it was a it was a game played with him rather than the normal uh, normal bartender. Yeah. Um. Episode 5 was one of those behind-the-scenes episodes, and episode 6 was a game but played at a different bartender's. Yeah. So, episode 5 was interesting because it starts out setting itself up as another game, and quickly, like, turns into something more sinister. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was an interesting, like, development as far as that goes. So, they have, um, they have kind of an older man and a young boy come in, and, uh... It gets to the situation where the old man starts to uh, remember things about possibly being at the bar before, or, you know, possibly having died before, like, in the realm of reincarnation. And so he takes the young boy hostage. Yeah. As uh, um, men are wont to do. Right. Takes the young boy hostage, but then 
uh, as he, uh, as the, uh, bartender is subduing the old man, it turns out the young boy, uh, like puts a sleeper hold on the attendant and starts to, uh, starts to act out and turns out that he's the bad guy. And all of it turns out to be a, a test, as it were, to see if, uh, the bartender is keeping up with his diligence in, uh, keeping track of the people who come through. Yeah. Like. It was kind of neat. Um. It was alright, I suppose. Although, like, I do think you're kind of forgetting to mention that it was also more of a test to see if he uh, was ready to just the attendant lady. Oh, yeah, I get... No, there's there's the fight about that with the new bartender who was the... who played the child in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, when he pops out, he... <laughs> He very threateningly uses, uh, like, bubble containers, like, of that material you use to make bubbles, and he starts throwing bubbles at people. It's sort of silly in how seriously it's taken, but yeah, I thought it's, it was fun. Yeah, it's dumb as hell. I guess each bartender has their own power, like, strengths, but then this fucking asshole just got bubbles. Yeah, he just he just uses bubbles, and the other guy's got, like, oh, I've got strings that I can, you know, throw around everywhere and act like marionettes. Yeah. Um, but in general, we also got to find a bit more out about the assistant lady. I said, oh, she was a human who just has no memory of anything whatsoever. Yeah, it was like, she came and she already knew she was dead. Yeah. So we couldn't judge her. So what we did is we uh, erased her memories entirely and put her and put her as an attendant until we figure out how we're supposed to deal with her and her memories come back. Ah, I see. Which, um, I guess sets up what will probably be the ending of the series. Oh, uh, probably. I I kind of feel it's weird because it feels a little bit too soonish to reveal that. But on um, the other hand, it's also done to, like, introduce some more characters. Yeah, and, uh, and that comes to a head in episode 6 where uh, the new bartender is forced to take on uh, a pair of people for another game. Yeah, and again this time. Is Death Twister. It's Twister! It's great! It's... <laughs> but, and, but this bartender's an asshole because he just activates some fucking weird okay. ass... So it, okay. so it starts out It starts out with him behind the bar and just kind of being, like, really dismissive and kind of an asshole to the players. It's just like, yeah, come in here, whatever. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to explain this. You're, like, here to play a game or something. Just hit this and you'll figure out what game you're playing. Yeah. Blah. And so, uh, the two people this time are a member of a very popular boy band, or, like, boy idol group, Mm -hmm. and a huge fangirl. Yeah. And so they, like, she hits it off immediately with him, and he's not quite as into it. But they're they're generally, like, positive as far as this goes. It's like, oh, we gotta play a game. Yeah, whatever, we'll do that. Yeah. And then we'll get out of here. It'll be a fun time. It's just Twister. Like, come on, it's just Twister. Yeah, so the game is literally just a huge board of Twister. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, it's like nine, nine Twister sets put together. Yeah, that, that's like kind of takes out most of the fun of Twister, I thought, when I saw that thing. Well, I thought it was interesting because they gradually move towards the middle regardless. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, and like the boy band member does like silly, uh, silly dance moves to get there. Yeah. Like flipping his entire self over. Like, that was kind of neat. <clears throat> just as, like, a style thing. It's still just kind of weird, though, because in general, 
What kind of idiot twister player are you? Come on, you don't move to the middle if you got a huge twister board. Exactly. But they move to the, towards the middle, and at that point, uh, like, the, they're both, you know, kind of having fun, uh, the fangirl more so. And then, uh, she has to pee. Yeah. She's like, hey, can we take a break? And he's like, and then the bartender's like, no. It's like, no, I really gotta go. It's like, fine, we'll up the stakes. And suddenly, uh, he, uh, he jumps up and he sets up the death part of Death Twister. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's set up such that all, so the four colors now associate with an element. Yeah. So they hit the red one and suddenly the entire Twister board turns into like a, uh, like a cooker. Mm-hmm. It's hot as hell, you know, lava. Yeah. You know, a regular Twister game. Yeah, it kind of turns into lava, and so quickly they switch to blue, which then freezes the entire thing. And then the idol has to essentially just kind of, like, flex out of his clothes to get the wind. So he he doesn't move fast enough, so he has to, uh, so he has to, like, break the, uh, break the ice surrounding his body, at which point he, like, does it so dramatically that he also breaks off all of his clothes except for his underpants. Yeah. I mean, same though. Yeah. The, then they hit, and he hits green then, which turns into wind, which, uh, it just makes like a huge wind tunnel under the entirety of the twister board, which goes to one of the most beautifully animated sequences, which is the, uh, fangirl getting her face just like shoved into this wind tunnel. You know what I mean? The like kind of grotesque, like. Oh yeah, it's like. Just, just weirdly, grossly animated fucking scene. Yeah, like, it's, it's amazing how much detail went into this wind tunnel. It's like, oh, you can see her gums as her, like, skin kind of fucks up. And, like, you know, starts to, starts to stretch and everything. Just an amazing scene. I rewatch it every day. It also has a, the least sexy panty shot I've ever seen in anime. Oh, you know, Chorps, they're uh, working on his top ten sexy panty shots in anime right yep. now. No, but, like, it does that, but it's not... I don't feel like it's meant to be, like, sexual or appealing, is what I mean. No, yeah, no, I I agree with that. Like, they they do a panty scene, but it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a wind tunnel, but nothing about it is, like, sexual. You just... I, I, I'm just riffing on you because you made it sound so fucking no, I dorky. Know. No, I know. It's because I'm really <laughs> cool. Um... <laughs> Same, though, I say, while putting on sunglasses and reviewing these animes. Exactly. I've got three pairs of shades on. But, um, so, then they hit the last, the last color, which is yellow, which is, all of them have had, like, elemental signs on them to kind of say what they're going to be, and yellows is just question marks. And what happens is the eight pieces that they are currently standing on are now the only ones that exist. And under them is a gigantic spike trap. So the game is now going until one of them falls to their, you know, to their death, as they understand it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it really ups the stakes at that point. Yeah. And then Idol's just like, oh, I don't want to die, I'm going to shove this girl. And the girl says, hey, I'm a huge fan. Then he's like, okay, nah, never mind. The, the girl's like, I'm going to fall for you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, um... So, like, they've, they've been kind of hinting at it throughout the, the episode, but, like, the idol is kind of a big womanizer. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, he, it's, it, there's, like, in the news, it's like, oh, he went to, he went to a hotel with another lady this night, I guess he's fucking some of his fans. Yeah. 
And uh, by hinted, you mean it's outright told to you. <laughs> right, like, literally, the bartender's reading a magazine that just says, like, oh, he's a big womanizer. Yeah. But, like, it it turns out that it's this whole issue with, like, a previous a previous girlfriend having committed suicide over him. Mm-hmm. Like, due to the fact that I think he was caught cheating, if I remember correctly. No, I think he just broke up with her. <gasps> oh, yeah, he just broke up with her and was, like, really nonchalant about it. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he didn't care. And so she ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And kind of, he's haunted by that and he uses his, you know, womanizing to kind of get over it. I suppose, yeah. I suppose. That, that seems to be the idea behind his character. Maybe? I don't know. Either way, uh, either way, so he hooks up with another lady and she leaves him, you know, after spending the night with her. And then he just opens a tray, and she set a bomb because she's the sister of the girl who killed herself, and that's how he died. Yep, and so it's it literally just left a bomb in the hotel room. It's great. How, um, how do you do that? How does this, like, weirdo... How does this sister just, like, fucking make a bomb? Man, you know, uh, people are incredible in Japan. They have all kinds of talents. <laughs> but... Um, uh, then the girl just kind of slipped on a piece of soap and hit her head and died that yeah, way. Yeah, like, that was the most anticlimactic thing of all the ones. Like, everything else has been super dramatic, and hers is just like, ah, she was going into the bath, and she slipped on some soap, and she hit her head and died. Rest in peace. <laughs> and so, um, and so after that, like, they kind of come to this realization, like, you know, she's doing everything for him because she's a dedicated fan, and he kind of does everything for the sake of his fans. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing this in order to make this these connections with people and to make them happy, and he realizes that he's been fucking up that way. Yeah, of course. And so, like, she falls, and the spike traps just turn out to be basically like a bouncy castle, kind of made of balloons. And it's it's an interesting ending, because they end up, like, after the credits and everything roll... The, the fangirl and the idol decide to do, like, one last performance before they go into the afterlife, wherever they end up going. Okay, so, like, here's the weird part about it. I don't even know if they actually went into the afterlife, because I think both of them are actually in the intro of the show. Um, at least one of them is. Yeah, I know the girl at least is. Yeah, so maybe they don't even go. Um, but it, like, it just ends with them doing a performance and just, like... Uh, bothering the heck out of the new bartender. Yeah. Which I thought was just, like, a nice little, like, silly thing to put at the end. This episode feels... I don't know. It feels, like, a lot less serious in general. Yeah, it's definitely a different tone than the other ones. Like, even the one where, like, the two people fell in love, episode three. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a different tone because this is more, like, comedic overall. Yeah. It's a sillier episode, and then when the, like, seriousness hits, it's not to the same caliber, I don't think? Yeah, I think it's also because, in large, some of the series involves a guy literally dying via a bombing attack. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, that's... I, I kind of feel like it's probably just the writers wrote themselves into a corner and were like, oh, a bomb, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's a questionable one. Like, you could have done it in a number of different ways, but that was kind of definitely the silliest one. But yeah, but, so... Yeah. I don't know. I still thought it was alright. Yeah, I thought it was at least fun. Like, it still felt like an interesting episode. Yeah, it didn't feel like 
you know, it was very badly written in any way. It just was fun and interesting. Yeah. Although, on the other hand, though, like, episode 5, I must admit I really do not care that much for, like, the -the behind-the-scenes episodes. Oh, that's fair. Um, that's fair. I mean, I'm just kind of digging them for, like, I want to see where this ends up, because it seems like it's pushing towards this. They'll eventually have to, uh, judge the assistant and seeing how that's going to turn out. Yeah, I guess. Maybe that will be the final episode. Also, Cosmic Pool looks like the coolest thing. Uh, Cosmic Pool is, in fact, for very big nerds. Oh, wow. Who care about space, and I want to shove into a locker. God damn it. Every episode you have to shove me in the locker. I know. Do you know how much time that is cutting out of the the podcast? You know, I mean, I have to. It's like my God-given rights, and I'm going to act upon it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's in the Constitution. Just read it. Okay. But yeah, so I know I thought that was like a really neat effect. Just like the this, this space pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it generally was kind of like a neat idea. Yeah. Even though it didn't end up meaning anything whatsoever. Yeah, there's there's no like point to it or anything. But then all the balls drop and it turns into a solar system. Alright, so that's Death Parade. Next up... Rolling Girls, and earlier you were telling me that good thing you you watched it while you were ready to go to sleep, which I find very offensive. I don't know. I I just kind of I honestly just think Rolling Girls is just kind of a mediocre show. Okay, no, that's fine. So, um, episodes five and six take place in a city, sort of revolving around two warring families, as it were. Mm-hmm. One which is really into motorcycle racing, and one that's really into making food. Yeah. I mean, what side are you on? Finish the fight. (laughs) But, um, I thought this was a... I think this was a better two-part episode than the first one, because it focuses less on the main characters and focuses more on the actual, like, conflict going on between the two families. Yeah, I do actually agree with that. Like, it, like, they're there, but they aren't playing, like, a significant part mm-hmm. till the end, and that's basically just to support the other characters. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they're there for, instead of mainly just either, like, being a nuisance or taking up most of the screen time. Yeah, like, I think it works better when they're just there to watch what's going on. Mm-hmm. They're there as observers, and while, you know, technically they're there to help, they end up helping kind of in a in almost a non-way. Like, they end up doing things just basically to convenience the other people who are actually doing stuff. Yeah. So, this episode kind of focuses around a family conflict between uh, between a, a daughter and her father, who is a builder of, like... It's like Sachi, uh, Sachi Koto, but it's it's like those ornamental fish you put on the top of, like, buildings... Yeah, golden shower fish. Yeah, that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. A literal translation right there. Golden shower fish, yeah, you I'm got it. I'm an expert on the Japanese language. But so, it, it focuses mainly around that family, but also focuses on the girl who's in love with the leader of the the biker side of to the town. Yeah. And how they're like childhood friends and such. It's... Childhood friends, even though he was, like, the same age? Uh, I think that, in fact, I think the idea is that they've basically only aged, like, four or five years, ultimately. 
they're like it's going teenage to like adult instead of like mm-hmm. you know childhood to adult. Yeah. So um, it's a weird like interpersonal sort of conflict that isn't like you know it like uh the first episode super actiony and as it's gone on it's gotten like less and less action. It's much more of like a personable episode about like uh you know daughters who kind of have to think that they need to live up to the. In this case, it's like the daughter feels like she needs to live up to the father's expectations. Following the footsteps, you know, like yeah, fo- almost following every... the footsteps, but also reach the same heights that he does. Yeah. So you know the heights of making the same fucking golden fish over and over again. Yeah, but he's the only one who makes them. It's like the pressure to take over the family business and also be as good as he is at it. Yeah. Which is why she leaves on the pilgrimage, which ends right as the fifth episode starts. Yeah, she comes back, and uh, she just has to pan down a new outfit. That's what you do at the yeah. end of a pilgrimage. Ah, basically. And then the and then at the same time, the leader of the biker gang is, like, going through this crisis where he's he doesn't enjoy, like, racing or using his motorcycle mm-hmm. at this point. And a lot of it is because it's become so... Stale. It's become so stale because, first of all, no one can compete with him. Yeah, like... Because he has one of those heart stones. And also because his his gang, I guess, or, like, you know, his group of people that race with him all seem, like, a lot more militant about getting rid of the other family than he does. Yeah, they're just kind of assholes, mostly. I like that one of the characters' dialogue is half-obscured by motorcycle sounds... <laughs> I don't know, I kind of like the concept of that, but on the other hand, I did generally feel like I was missing out on actual, like, kind of important dialogue. See, the thing is, if you, um, that's the thing with the Funimation subs, which I thought was really weird. Because I watched them with, uh, a different subgroup. Wow, Mr. Illegal here. Yeah, and they actually subtitled the, uh, the dialogue that he does. Mm -hmm. So, I... So, like, at least for the first episode, the second episode I watched uh, early, so I couldn't. But, like, it's you are missing out on a bit by not knowing what he's saying. But a lot of it is inferrable from the responses that he gets. Oh, alright. So it isn't like I missed the huge plot point about how Captain was the true monster all along. No, it was, it's, it's basically just like, no, that guy is the monster the whole time. Yeah. Because he, like, tricks them. So, it... Everything, like, culminates in this, in all of the, uh, all of the golden fish being, uh, destroyed throughout the entire town. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes, oh, it must have been that biker gang. And, you know, the biker gang don't, the biker gang didn't do it, or at least the leader didn't. So he doesn't know anything. And so everyone wants to set up this motorcycle race between the leader of the, the cooking side of town and the leader of the biking side of town to see who's... To see who deserves to, like, own the town, as it were. Yeah. You know, like how most adults solve their problems. Right, with motorcycle races. Exactly. Have you never played GTA San Andreas? I have not, actually. Oh. Well, it's time to stop watching anime and play some San Andreas, son. Wow. (laughs) Wow, don't judge me for my lifestyle. Alright, but seriously, though, do go on with, like, what you were doing. Yeah, so, um... It's this weird sort of thing where, at the end, by the time that they get into the bicycling race, 
the villain, the the biker who like talks in motorcycle revving noises, mm-hmm. like tricks the leader into signing a contract that lets him race instead. Yeah, and then ties the dude up, uh, ties the leader up, and like throws him in a warehouse. And his idea is to literally kill the other guy because his motorcycle is decked out with like missiles and shit. Yeah, I uh, I don't know why, but apparently that was just his plan. I mean, th- I mean, they they give this idea that there's a very violent, or there was a very violent rivalry between them. Like, there's a part in episode five where the same guy uh, crashes through the window of one of the restaurants and tries to literally fight a man with his motorcycle. Yeah. So. So that just, I mean. Like, he, he's very much, like, militant in this, like, destruction of the other people sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it, it comes to a nice head as, like, everyone starts to learn each other's, like, motivations. Yeah. Like, you know, the daughter's motivation was always she didn't feel like she was good enough to, uh, to take over for her father. No self-confidence. Yeah, but the, then this realization that, um... Everyone, you know, it, it comes to an idea that everyone's unique, so you put your own spin on things and that makes it good. It's not the fact that you can copy someone else that makes you good. Mm-hmm. Sounds like good enough. And then the biker guy, you know, realizes, you know, like, sometimes you waver in things that you enjoy and you have to take time off and everything, but right now, I'm euphoric in my motorcycle racing. <laughs> in this moment, I am euphoric. I put a tiny motorcycle hat on my hat and go on with my day. <laughs> and so, uh, eventually, it seems like the town comes to agreement and everyone learns to live in peace. Yeah, by golden fish, of course. Teamed, tacky-ass golden fish. One of them, like, fucking foo-teamed, and the other racing-teamed. Like, the entire town is either, like, the entire town is just made up of these fucking five-year-old foodies. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> but, um, one thing that I really liked was the, uh, the part where, uh, the guy, the motorcycle guy has to, uh, has to use a regular bike to race. Yeah. Because I really like the visual design, both for, like, the ob- excessive use of force with, like, the flashing powers and everything. Okay, yeah. But also, that's kind of... but also as he, sp- as he speeds up, it does that thing where everything about him gets, like, super sketchy, like multiple lines in the same place, this kind of, like, unfinished feel. Yeah. I, like, this sort of breaking of limits. That's actually kind of why I keep watching this show, because I do actually generally like a lot of the arts decisions like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's it's been less common as we go through, mm-hmm. but every time they do it, they find a way to make it really nice. Yeah. Although it was kind of weird about, like, when that happened this time, the gamma was, like, all the way down. Yeah, no, that was a little strange. Because, like, at times I actually had to double-check to see if my computer wasn't, like... My computer screen wasn't, like, dying? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But no, it was just, like, the show, and it kind of feels weirdly unfinished in a way like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, overall I really enjoyed... I enjoyed these two episodes more than the previous ones, even though the previous ones, I think, had, like, better, like, art direction. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's more focused on these interpersonal relationships rather than these four people who are dinguses trying to solve problems. Yeah, 
I... Because, like, ultimately they solve problems in this one, but they let other people take the spotlight. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Like, this time it feels a lot more focused on the people in general, but that's also because, you know, the situation itself is a bit more interesting. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too, is it's a little more complicated and in-depth than the previous previous complication Mm -hmm. that they ran into. I don't know, though. I honestly still have a lot of the same criticisms I just had with, like, uh, last time we did this podcast. Uh, slow? Yes. Well, it's not... Like I said, I don't dislike slow. It's just oftentimes feels kind of badly paced and boring. Okay. But whatever. I don't want to go too deep into it because, yeah, same criticism as last time. I at least enjoyed... Like, uh, I at least enjoyed uh, a little bit more this time, mostly because of the art design, and because at least, like, the situation itself was a bit more interesting. Yeah. So I think if it continues on this way, it'll keep, like, increasing how good the situations are, and that'll be nice. Maybe. We'll see. I don't think this is a show I will drop anytime soon. Just wait till next episode in which I drop Rolling Girls. (laughs) (laughs) It's not one that you're going to drop, but it's not one that you're going to, like, keep, you know, you're not going to, you know, um, keep with you or Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to go, oh, man, this sure was one of my favorite animes of all time. Well, time to burrow into my sleep until the next season of Rolling Ghost comes out. Right. It's not one of those things where you go back and watch it, but you think about it and you go, yeah, you know, that was all right. Uh, it was okay, I guess. Yeah, I like, didn't I, I, hate I, it. I have plenty of series like that. Where it's like, that was entertaining, but it wasn't enough for me to, like, want to rewatch it at any point. I don't know. Maybe it's because, in general, I am, like, a lot more critical of uh, anime in general. But when I want to watch something, I usually want to watch something that's really good or really unique. You just want to rewatch JoJo's for the eighth time. Yeah, let's just, eight times. I've watched at least 15 times because I am unsafeable. Goddamn. All right. So, um, now let's talk about ass class. Yeah. Assassination classroom. So, uh, last, uh, last episode, Isis stopped us from watching episode four. So this week is episodes four and five instead of five and six. I'm sorry. You cannot just drop that without explaining what <laughs> happened. No, Isis is trying to stop anime. All right. A goal I agree <laughs> with. It's, it's time to join. No, I think you should, you should talk about it. All right. Um... In general, like, I don't know, I kind of do feel like this show is kind of slow. No, no, I mean the ISIS part. Oh, ISIS. <laughs> you, um, you you got mad at me because I brought the ISIS part for no reason. Now no. you need to explain what ISIS is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so in general, from what I gather, is that because of, like, the whole uh, kidnapping of two Japanese people, I think a tourist and a journalist, both... Uh, both, like, an episode of Assassination Classroom got delayed by a week, and an episode of Milky Holmes got cancelled. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, from what I gather, this one, because of, you know, the whole assassination angle, was delayed for a week, and yeah. I'll get into Milky Holmes later. And who knows what could have happened with Milky Holmes. Yeah. We don't know. Like, I've watched the episode, and I still don't know what happened to Milky Holmes. <laughs> I can't believe Milky Holmes had a, had an episode literally about assassination. Yeah. They have no. to assassinate the president. 
but for real though. Uh, okay. So let's talk ass class. Yeah, let's talk ass class. You start with ass class. Um, I kind of feel I kind of probably think episode four was probably the worst episode. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, no, for sure. Because in general, the, you know that whole positive feeling I talked about liking a lot about yeah. ass class. Then they literally introduced a character who was either there for like the titty or to be called Mrs. Bitch. Yep. Mm-hmm. And boy, yeah, the the sure was good. Yeah. So a uh, new character introduced as a teacher. Yeah. Uh, I believe she's uh, Russian. Um, the whole deal with her is that she's an international assassin who, you know, wants the dodge from that. And, and all about, she's, she's a master of seduction. She's a master of seduction. So let's fuck this weird ass demon monster. Let's I'm, do I'm it. Fuck the octopus, man. So, um, she's introduced and she spends her time either fawning over, uh, the, uh, Koro sensei. The, the gross alien man. Or she's yelling at the kids because uh, they're worthless and getting in the way of her sweet dosh. Yeah. And, like, she... um, It continues the sort of trend that seems to be with uh, Assassination Classroom where each episode focuses on a character and is about development of a single character. Yeah, except the problem here is that the character is just Sucks. kind of worthless. Yeah, no, um, it's, but I was thinking about this, and Assassination Classroom, I think, treats the idea of these characters better than a uh, series like Naruto. Uh-huh. Because you get to a point in Naruto where it drops 20 or 30 new characters and expects you to, you know, understand them all and kind of figure out all of their ideas real quick. Yeah. In Assassination Classroom... Like, with the anime pacing, it's been, like, every episode you have a new character to figure out. Yeah. Okay. I think it treats... Oh, no, I go I think ahead. that's also another problem, since, like, most of it has been just focusing on a student so far, right? Mm-hmm. And then they introduce a whole new character to, you know, try and switch up the dynamic. Yeah. But it's only episode four of, like, 24. Yeah. And it just kind of feels like it's wasted in a way. Because there are still so many students that haven't even, like, spoken, and you want to know more of, but not... Let's yeah. just introduce the titty shot character. Because, like, the thing about the students is, so far, it's basically either you're the main character... Mm-hmm. You're the... You're the, uh... You're the violent... You're the violent one. Yeah. Or you're the class. Or you're read Richards. But basically, it's like you have ba- two students you've really learned about, and then there's the class as a whole. Mm-hmm. And the class as a whole is treated as a character, which I think in some ways works well, because it's like, we recognize there are a lot of characters and we don't want to explain them all at once. So here's the class. You see bits and pieces of how they act, and later we'll flesh them out. Yeah. Which I think works really well, but then they introduce this teacher, and the teacher more or less kind of unnecessary as a character. Yeah, it feels unnecessary and just also kind of feels like, you know, besides the whole titty angle, the fact that, like, they just refer to her as only Mrs. Bitch, like, feels super misogynistic. Yeah, know? and, um... 
And yeah, it, no, that's that's a weird that's a weird thing, and I don't I don't like it. But. It's super jails too with the whole positive vibe to show what go got going on, you know? Because they they started off as like, oh, we're gonna call her a bitch because she's rude and mean, and then by the end, it's like, haha, no, it's gonna be a joke now. Yeah. That's, Which uh, doesn't work. It doesn't work, and it just feels oh, excessive. Like I think so. It seems like the idea of this episode is to is to you know show off that you know the the class is gelling as a whole and trying to figure this out and working together. But like we kind of already know that, and yeah, we didn't we need another know that even so then we didn't it's... need another character to explain it. And I think that's what they use her for. And I think the problem is also just, like, it doesn't feel like they actually tell. It feels more like they're being a really passive-aggressive herd of assholes. No, 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 no. I mean, they, I mean, they gel together as far as the whole, like, assassination thing. Yeah. Like, they're working together towards this common goal of killing this guy. See how they work together, and they're not just, like, doing this whole lone wolf thing like Ah, yeah, I see what you mean. And so I think that's the point of the episode, but, like, we already know that. Mm-hmm. We already know that, like, I'd rather just focus on, like, the individual students and, like, yeah, what their it's excessively gimmicks are. Because that's the thing, if you, like, legit do one and, like, show that in a way, it feels kind of weird when you're already doing it so early on. Mm-hmm. Also, in general, it feels weird because, like, the teacher is set up as, like, a antagonist, like, for mm-hmm. the class itself... But then it yeah. gets resolved at the end of the episode, and it just kind of makes her feel even more worthless as an addition. I mean, that's the thing, though, is that all of these episodes has been like, you introduce someone who causes a conflict, and by the end, they have joined the group, as it were. Because mm-hmm. you have that with you have that with Karma, and now yeah. you have that with uh, the, the teacher. And I, I kind of am worried about that, because even though episode 5 is like a bit of return to norm... Yeah, episode five is like a a real big jokey uh, fun fest in yeah. a way, and so flashing out like another student. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So episode well, five. Actually, let me finish my okay. thoughts first. Oh, okay. Let yeah, me finish my fucking top sharps, you rude motherfucker. No. But yeah, in general, like I do kind of hope that even though episode five is more of a return to norm, that the cast does not end up feeling too bloated. You know. Yeah, I don't. Um. I, I I keep thinking, oh, this is the part where I stop reading the manga because, like, I'll forget a part, and then I'll be like, oh, wait, no, I remember this part, too. And it'll keep going. I don't remember where I broke, but, um, where I stopped reading it, because I'm no good at keeping up with manga, but, um, as far as I remember, they don't introduce a lot more cast members, as it were. All right. All right. So, in general, I should be safe here. I might go back to enjoying Assassination Classroom without guilt. <laughs> exactly. Alright, so, um, episode 5, in general, is, like, more return to form. Yeah, and it's also, like, a two-part. You have the first half, which is, uh, a character study, and the second half, which is, like, a slice of life at school sort of thing? I think, I, I think the last half is more, <laughs> like, a continuation of, like, the advancing of the plot. Yeah, and I and I liked both uh, parts. I like both parts, except once again for uh, yeah, the, the bo- titty character. But let's so first first half is we learn about this uh, this quiet girl who's really good at chemistry, and the first thing she does is she says, 
hey, Koro-sensei, I've built a poison. Will you drink it for me? <laughs> and, like, it's... The idea is that she's, like, very bad at assassination because she's no good at talking. Mm-hmm. And, like, interpersonal, like, discussions and uh, relationships. A very meek person. Right. Very meek, very, like... uh yeah, very meek, very quiet, and sort of this doesn't know how to interact with others, so it's just, oh yeah, here's some poison, will you drink it, please? Please, drink it. And he does, and he turns into Sonic the Hedgehog, it's great. I mean, yeah, that that's actually also what I thought when I saw it. And once yeah, again, no, yeah. I cried at one tear for the death of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> so he drinks the three different poisons she brings up, and one of them turns his head into, like, a Sonic... Like that, um... Like that really bad drawing of Sonic the Hedgehog everyone talks about. The, uh, I I have to... I, I gotta go fast. Yeah, gotta go fast. Yeah, just that, that ball of Sonic. And so that's what his head looks like. Then it switches out to, uh... I think, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! monster where it's green and has wings coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And then it just... Co- then it turns totally blank. Yeah. And I thought that was a nice, just, like, gimmick of, like, ah, oh, as you drink... It, this guy, you know, doesn't have normal poisons work on him. So he just drinks shit and it does weird things to his body. That's kind of neat. Yeah, that's that's neat enough, I guess. <laughs> and then it, and then he's God. You always have to be so contrarian. And then he's like, <laughs> hey, hang out with me after class, and I'll teach you how to build a poison that'll you know that'll at least hurt me, and you'll figure out how to you know counteract me. And then when he drinks that one, it's like, nope, not actually true. I I made you build a poison. That would actually make me even stronger. Yeah. But then he just kind of gives up with that after five seconds. It's just the lesson to teach her, hey, yo, riff your social skills, nerd. Yeah, it's basically, you need to learn social skills because I just tricked you into doing a good thing. Yeah. You need to learn to trick me into doing a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's how the name of the game goes. Yeah, and his uh, his powers to turn into a slime. <laughs> Except he's some very fast slime. Yeah, he's very fast slime. That's I think it. they basically said that he could re... He could, like, change his DNA. That's basically what it does. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting and also, like, kind of brings a lot more thought into what the hell can happen and potential. Yeah, because now it's like, oh, especially how are we going to kill them? Yeah. Because there was the whole, like, oh, I have my once-a-month shedding, and now it's like, oh, well, also I can turn into slime. Basically, the teacher's a huge Mary Sue here, can just do whatever. Yeah, yeah but, but uh, presumably he's going to die by the end. So. Yeah, maybe. Well, we don't know. But either way, I actually like this character arc a little bit, because mm-hmm. once again, it was just very positive, very respectful, you know. Yeah. So then we have the second half, which is they have to go to a student assembly. Yeah, and then they get made fun of for being the huge... Huge nobody class, class full of losers not going anywhere. So like they're so they're like segregated to one side. They don't get any of the special treatment. Like they don't even get like the uh, the papers that talk about like you know class introductions and everything. Yeah, student council. They don't get the itineraries. Yeah. So they're just kind of pushed to the side, and everyone's like making fun of them, including the speakers. And then the first new teacher comes in, the gym teacher. The gym teacher comes in and everyone's like, oh man, who's that guy? Is he a, you know, is he a teacher of uh, class E? Man, he's a real hunk. Oh, he looks so badass. Yeah, looks so badass. And they're like, oh, oh, he's so cool. And I then, bet he doesn't even skip leg day. <laughs> and so then they bring in, um, 
Then the titty lady comes in and was like, oh man, is she a teacher of class E2? Man, she's really hot. Man, I have a big boner for her. Sure, please, source your quotes. <laughs> They're mine. Um, no, but so, like, that's a whole bit there is like people realizing, oh man, uh, class E has really cool teachers. And so they, like, end up having fun throughout the, uh, throughout the assembly. Because they have ridiculous teachers who act out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just having fun with each other because they're actual friends instead of just being, like, mad-owned by everyone. Yeah. You know? So that happens. And I think it's really interesting because then they show, like, the uh, the end is just uh, the main character, the, the blue-haired kid, asserting his, like, dominance. Peeing all over everybody. Yeah, just peeing all over. But, um, he, he gets pushed, he's like, he's getting pushed around by, uh, friend, who, people who used to be his friends until he went to class E. And it's like, oh, how dare you have fun and enjoy yourself. I'm gonna beat you up, you fucking yeah. punk. You know, I'll kill you. And he's like, and then he's like, as if you've even tried to ever kill someone. You know, kind of this, like, he fi- he's figured out a way to not be such a pushover. Mm-hmm. Like, this sort of confidence boost, both from having been taught by Koro-sensei and, like, learning to have friends in Class E, which I think is a neat idea, is that you you clearly see this development of characters. I generally thought it was really funny, because he's this little guy was, like, 150, me- 150 centimeters. Yeah, he's also, like, a foot shorter than both of them, and it's just like, as if you've ever tried to kill someone, and they just, like, back the fuck off. It, it reminds like, oh, me fuck. of, like, people in high school who, like, watched a lot of anime and said that kind of shit, and everyone just laughed at their face. Yeah, except they're taking things taking seriously. Yeah. Well, I think he's he's actually sounds more threatening than most of those kids, so. Most of those but, kids uh, look like nerds, but, like, I think I had written down in my notes that one of them looked like evil Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. No, one of them definitely looks like evil Hideo Kojima. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. Also, <laughs> there's, there's one, there's one line I really liked out of the, uh, out of the episode, which is the, uh, the part where, uh, Karma, the violent kid, doesn't get to, sh- does, decides not to show up to assembly, cause he just doesn't give a fuck. And then the main character just goes, it's times like this that I wish I was an honor student, bad boy. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, that, that's just, like, what I wish I wanted to be. There, there's little things in the writing like that that I really appreciate. Hmm. Like, in general, I thought episode 5 was a lot better, and I kind of hope it improves on that. Yeah, that would be that would be nice if it just keeps it going with that sort of trend. Yeah. We'll see, we'll see, though. Because, oh boy, apparently we're gonna spend a lot of time discussing Assassination Classroom. Yeah, next season, man. Alright. So, um, next up, I watched a show, and you didn't, na 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 mm-hmm. This is, wow. it's called, so this was just released this week, and it's called Comical Psychosomatic Medicine. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is the show I discussed about, um, earlier about, uh, mental disorders, or, you know, like, mental health issues. Yeah. And, so, they're, like, really short episodes, they're, like, five-minute vignettes, where it's just like a psychiatrist and a nurse talk about these um, these health issues and kind of like what may be the causes of them, things that you can do to try to circumvent them. That seems to be the general trend. 
All right, so it's more an educa- educational thing. Sorry, it is edu- it's educational, but they they're not they're willing to also like make jokes, not at the expense of these. Like it's jokes about it instead of jokes about people with it. Like it's not making fun of people. All right, yeah, because like that is one of the things I actually was kind of worried about when you told me. Yeah, no, it may- yeah, it's comical in that like it's willing to make jokes about things, but not at the expense of yeah. people who have it. So, uh, like, so this first episode is very, um, it's very light. It's not getting into, like, big, um, big things like, you know, maybe OCD or things like that. Mm-hmm. The first episode is just, um, like, psychosomatic erectile dysfunction. Ah, yeah, you know, the greatest of diseases. But it's just, but it starts out really light, I think, just to kind of get you into the the feel of what this mm-hmm. show is going to be like. Let's talk about boners, kids. Sometimes they just don't happen. And it's like, there's the kind that are, you know, caused by, like, uh, ailments. Like, if you have diabetes, it's sometimes harder to get it up, things like that. Mm-hmm. But the focus is on the psychosomatic angle where, like, it talks about how, like, work pressure in Japan is, like, really high. Like, you're... You're uh, expected to work like ten, uh, like ten hour work days every day, and how you're then expected to like hang out with your friends afterwards. So relationships suffer because you're spending all this time either working or trying to socialize. And it's this, you know, and so due to that, due to all this pressure from society, it also you know hurts the pressure to get it up and to have sex, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know. That's... It also discusses the fact that a lot of men have gotten into, like, the moe culture and, like, are only turned on by 2D girls. Like, it's willing to discuss these ideas of, like, shit's kind of fucked. And so it's... it And it gives a couple solutions just, like, you know, maybe you should spend less time looking at these and, you know, getting getting off to that and, like, trying to look at, you know... It actually uses the term 2D and 3D, but, like, actually spend time interacting with 3D women and trying to, you know... You know, spend time learning how to interact with other people rather than being as closed off as society ends up making you. Yeah, maybe just, you know, hang on with some cute girls. Yeah, and it's... So it's an interesting concept for an anime because it's it's very, like... It's, it's like, you know, super fast-paced because it's five minutes. So it's yep. just, like, it'll be, like, joke, information, joke, information. Like, one of the seminal... uh things that uh, that uh, stood out to me is like they talk about they talk about how uh, erectile dysfunction was originally impotence and so it does this big thing where it spells out impotence in japanese and then has it kind of wobble back and forth in the background like a big floppy dong i mean that's what mine looks like but i thought that was normal like that's just like gags like that that are the jokes rather than like oh people with erectile dysfunction are dumb and stupid i hate them <laughs> I hate these boner problems so much. And then, like the opening, the opening has like uh, has like a titty nurse in it. And the very first thing that the episode does is like, "Hey, welcome to episode one." By the way, there's not going to be any fan service shots in this anime. The opening is just to draw people in. <laughs> and then one of them goes, "No, you can't give that away so quick. They'll they'll turn off the TV." So it's just like little it's little jokes like that rather than like jokes about how it's weird because. Uh, again, as it turns out, it was written by, like, an actual psychologist, someone who mm-hmm. interacts with these sorts of people, and it's like, it's kind of treated 
well so far. Like, this was a pretty light episode as far as it goes, but, like, I, I want to see how it treats other things and, like, how it, you know, tries to explain these ideas. Yeah. Given like- how, uh, given how opposed to it, you know, Japan has been for a while. And I kind of want to hear more about this because, uh, well, this does not sound like the kind of thing I want to watch. This does sound interesting because yeah, it, sound- it also... Because it also, from what you told me, is a lot, like, more, like, critical of a lot of bad parts of culture. Yeah, like, it's willing to say, like, yeah, you know, given how much you work in Japanese culture, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. And also, maybe, uh, stop being so into moe, you weirdos. Cornerstone of, like, psychology right there. Which is like, you know, that, that loses half their audience, but, um. I know, I know when Sigmund Freud just said, yo, stop being in Samoa, you weirdo fucks. Yep. That's, that's a direct quote. But yeah, so like, it's, I'm, I'm really interested to see how it treats more, like, serious, uh, topics. Mm-hmm. Like depression, dementia, things like that, like, you know, other, like, things that are caused by, like, mental blocks or, like, you know, how they refer to it, psychosomatic issues. Yeah. So that should be interesting, um, if nothing else. Like, it's a really easy watch, because all the first episode is just, like, five minutes. It's just this block of, like, yep, done. Here, done. You know, here's what we can do. Yeah, here, here's how we can change everything. Just everything. We're gonna fix everything. Literally all of it. Yeah, all of it. Okay, so, um, that was that. And so now, I'd like for you to talk to about uh, Tantai Opera Milky Holmes. TV. Uh, only one episode, unfortunately. Only one episode, because, like we said earlier, this episode, in fact, um... Was cancelled by ISIS. Yeah, it was actually cancelled by ISIS due to the same crisis of, you know, one tourist and one journalist from Japan being kidnapped and beheaded. And, um... So, like, I actually only got my hands on this, because apparently it was leaked to Nico Nico. Huh. And... But because of that, that means, uh, that means also because it was leaked very late, I was, only one episode was actually subtitled. So, let me tell you about this ep- episode of Milky Holmes, you know how okay, last Okay, you sounded time? really excited the first time, like, uh, I was talking about, I was like, this one episode, very good episode, yeah, so I'm no, excited. Yeah, no, this, this is a very good Milky Holmes episode, because last time, <laughs> I was kinda like, eh, on it, but this time, it's good, because... Okay, the plot of it is that there's this, uh, child actor who's starring in the newest Spielberg movie. Uh-huh, Spielberg, got you it. You know, Spielberg, mm-hmm. famous director, directed movies like T.T. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alright. And, um, so this child actor apparently got, like, a threatening letter from somebody. And so, you know, Milky Holmes is on the case because the idol apparently also is starring in this movie. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, slowly we learn that, like, this child actor is, like, a very hard worker and such, and, you know, she gives it everything, hasn't got a lot of friends, mm-hmm. hasn't got any friends whatsoever besides some adults, and, uh, then Milky Holmes just kind of figures out who sent the threatening letter, then goes to the woods, and then Milky Holmes kidnaps the child actor! What? Yeah? It's just- I beg your pardon? Like, I actually just screen-scapped the screen of them literally holding a fucking revolver and saying, We, Milky Holmes, are kidnapping you. What? Yeah. 
And so they kidnapped the child actors, and um, they kidnapped the child actors, and actually, uh, the child actors managed to grab a gun, and wants to shoot the idol with it, because the idol doesn't know what's going on, but it's going along with this kidnapping anyway. What? Turns out it's just a confetti gun, and they're celebrating her birthday. What? Also, the threatening letter was made by herself, and then they do some... Uh, and then they do one of those games to get the fairy, which actually, which such child actress, via a game of Jenga. What? Okay, so, like, do you want me to tell you the conclusion, or? I, I kind of need to know now. Alright, so, um, like, they pulled the wrong block, and then, like, the Jenga tower's gonna fall down, except one of the Milky Homes pretends they were block. What? Yeah, just pretends to a block until the opponents move, in which case she just gets out of there and the tower falls. What? So Milky Holmes can't snap this girl and then cheats. What? Yeah. I don't even understand what's going on. Welcome to Milky Holmes. Oh my god. That's incredible. I understand why it was, uh, I understand why it was cancelled though. Yeah, because, you know, the whole kidnapping angle this time. Yeah. But, um,. Wow! Yeah, this was a really good episode. So they're so okay. So they they kidnap a child actor. They fake kidnap a child actor. Yeah, and then they they're forced to play a game of Jenga. Mm-hmm. You know, just like regular old right. You know, just like regular old games. <laughs> Jesus, ah, oh, incredible. This is this this might honestly just for the whole kidnapping angle be my favorite episode of Milky Home so far. <laughs> Cause Milky Holmes fucking kidnaps this child actress. That's that's just crazy. Yeah. That, that sounds great. Like ah oh man, Milky Holmes though. Milky Holmes, what a great show. Have they gotten any farther with the whole like idol thing? Uh it's mostly just been gathering fairies until they have enough fairies to, you know, grant the singing voice back. Have they collected any? They're collecting, like, at least one every episode, so... Okay. I think they have, like, five now. They just collect fairies at the end, like, nonchalant? Or is it, like, one of those things where it's like, oh, you did this thing, so now you get a fairy? Yeah, no, the games are there to win the fairy again. Okay, so they play Jenga for the fairy. Yeah. But yeah, alright. Cool. I I like how I explained all of that, and now thinking about it, wow, that sounds like a huge fever dream. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure Milky Holmes is a fever dream. We're gonna—it's gonna turn out that none of these episodes are real. Yeah, this anime isn't real. I made it all by hand just to tell you about it. I—I <laughs> I made it all by hand to trick you into thinking that anime was good. Oh, man, I wonder what was better—this episode of Milky Holmes or like the fucking Milky Holmes voice actresses in cosplay going to Baker Street. <laughs> No, that's really cool. Oh yeah, I don't think we talked about this, but yeah, there's there is a segment where the ta- where the Tante from Milky Holmes voice actresses dressed up as their characters and then went to Baker Street and just like hung out with like the guards and stuff and were like, oh, look at all these Sherlock Holmes things that we can point out. Ah, uh, Sherlock Holmes things like you know Sherlock Holmes's armed guards and his house. <laughs> yeah. His Queen of England, which they then kidnapped. Ah, his opium pipe. Glad. Gonna take a hit from this. Ah, good. Alright, so that was that was Milky Holmes, and it's always a pleasure to hear about that. So, um, next up, 
I've made it through the sixth the sixth episode prologue of Yuri Bear Storm, and I can finally explain what is happening. Alright. Go ahead. So I'm gonna try to do this in chronological order and try to make sense of the story for you, okay? Mm-hmm. So, some like ten years previous to the start of the uh, start of the series, mm-hmm. our main character, the young girl, finds a bear uh, nearly nearly dead in like a battlefield right outside the barrier. Mm-hmm. The barrier being a uh, an actual wall around town, stopping bears from coming in and eating the people. Yeah. All right. Um, this bear is the red bear uh, that you saw in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Ginkgo who uh who decides that because she's been nursed back to health by this little girl the main character she uh is going to eventually return to this girl and confess her love wait are you are you gonna fuck a bear this is highly illegal you cannot fuck a bear so the bears can agree to become human no which she this, does. this is still illegal you cannot fuck a bear Look, I can fuck whatever I want, Dad. Listen, I'm gonna call the I'm gonna call the cops on you. You cannot fuck a bear. That's that's like the only rule in this house. Just don't fuck a bear. Ah, oh, but ah, oh, but fucking a fish is okay. But fucking a bird is okay. Yeah, both of us are okay, but not bears. Bears are dangerous, boy. Okay, okay, that's fair. All right, go on though. Anyways, um, there. So that happens, and. Around the same time, um, the green the green bear has uh, is royalty and has the little brother born, and she falls out of favor with the family. Mm-hmm. During this time, she tries multiple ways to try to kill him, eventually succeeding in his death, uh, which she realizes is a big mistake as uh, he had a sort of undevoted brotherly love towards him, and realizing that without him things just aren't the same in her life, realizing that he was kind of a pillar of sorts. Yeah. Um, Emotional support. Yeah. During this time, a bear kills the main character's mother, and she gets a vendetta against bears to the point where she wants to kill, I think she says, all of them. She just kind of has no patience for bears and wants to kill all of them. Um, Ah, some good old grisly racism. Yeah, exactly. So then, um, <clears throat> so then the green bear meets the red bear late at night, and the red bear talks about how she has a mission where she is going to, uh, deliver her love to someone very important to her. This, uh, shows the green bear this sort of, it's, it's another part of the realization that her brother wasn't so bad, this sort of like, she failed to accept the love of someone else, so she is now helping someone else find love. Mm -hmm. And that's when she becomes a human in order to uh, help the other bear. Mm -hmm. Alright. At the school, there is a sort of like shadow government sort of thing going on where uh, groups of classmates decide which characters or which people in the school should be alienated. That's the Invisible Storm. The Invisible Storm is this, um, this, like, shadow government deciding who's going to be ostracized from the community 
possibly so that they are eaten by bears, possibly as like a feeding thing. That is not explained so far. All I know is that there is voting for who needs to be ostracized. Ah, the bear Illuminati. <laughs> exactly. No, okay, so that happens. And um, so we have the main character and we have her girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, the main character is the only one that's not part of this Illuminati right now. And everyone votes for her to be ostracized, except for her girlfriend. So girlfriend gets killed, so, you know, like... Well, not not quite. There's a little bit more to it. So it is decided that she, because she is the only dissenter, she is going to be ostracized ahead of time. She's going to be removed entirely from this situation so that they can then remove the main character from their lives. Yeah. So she spends the last month kind of preparing everything that she wants as a setup so that uh, the main character is doesn't have it so hard. Like she's setting up these like she's planting the flowers in the garden as kind of like a because in a month it's her birthday and the girlfriend is asked to at least survive until the birthday. Alright, alright. So she's planting flowers in the garden, she's doing everything she can to kind of smooth things out, writing, she's writing a letter to her, uh, to the main character about the situation and what's going on and stuff like that. So that's all happening. And then, like a week before the events of the anime, she's killed. Alright. Like a week before the birthday, she is killed. And this is unprecedented. No one expected this to happen. Not even... The bear Illuminati. Right. Not the invisible, the invisible storm did not expect this. Yeah. So, um, but but a bear snuck in, killed her, that sort of thing happened. Um, it is believed that this is one of the, uh, the student council people from the first episode who was secretly a bear because they want to be, they want to be the girlfriend of the main character instead of her current girlfriend. So they kill the current girlfriend in order to, like, create an emotional situation where she'll, like, look to someone for support. But that doesn't work. Okay. And so once again, the main character kills a bunch of bears. Let me what? stress right here. Do not fuck a bear. It is illegal. Just don't. Right. Just stop trying to take about fuck bear. Jesus, it's not that hard. So at this time, the two bears enter the school. In order to, uh, in order to, in order to deliver the love to the main character. Mm-hmm. So then, we're, we've reached, we've reached the first episode. <laughs> God. Uh, so we've reached the first episode. Then over the next series of episodes, um, the student body sort of slowly gets killed off as it, as it's revealed that some of them are secret bears having come in. Yeah. It's believed, and then, the student, uh, the, the principal of the school is believed to be part of the sort of, like, Illuminati that, like, feeds people to bears. Mm-hmm. Because she is venomously denying a lot of the things that, um, the main character admits. Like, oh, I saw this person was actually a bear. I killed her. I was the one. And it's like, no, 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 you must be, you know, you must be delirious from all these things. Just, just relax and enjoy yourself and we'll get this figured out. So, like, very dismissive and very suspicious. Doesn't care that, like, potentially a human being is dead. Right, so, like, that's why, that's why it's so suspicious. So, this happens. 
And now we've reached the birthday. Uh, every, all of the students have come out to help celebrate her birthday. And it is that, at that point that she learns that she was part of the invisible storm and that the idea is that no one is going to interact with her. No one's going to make contact with her. Basically, they're ostracizing her to the point that she's going to be completely alone with no, uh, with no way of getting out of it. All right. So they set fire to the garden. Uh, they set fire to her girlfriend's letter, which states just like, the person standing in front of you right now will be your one true friend. And they're like, no, we're not going to be your friends. Fuck you. And they throw it in the fire and they just kind of leave her, uh, in the wake of this, just, you know, burnt this inferno surrounding her. Um, then the, uh, then the two bears before the green one, the red one appear and, uh, the red one desperately goes to grab the girlfriend's letter out of the fire and everyone gets uh, all of the all of the part of the student council gets scared because they know that these two people are bears yeah so they all run and scatter and uh the uh the main character and the green bear are able to get the red bear out of the fire at which point uh the main character rereads the letter and it still says the person right in front of you is going to be your one true friend. And this sort of realization that it was always about her because she's the one who saved the letter from the fire. This is the one who's going to be your new friend. We've now reached the end of episode six and everything actually makes sense as far as background. All right. So it took about... <coughs> Did you follow that? Yeah, I followed that. Still doesn't seem like the kind of show I like. Right, but I'm, I'm just making sure you followed it, like, that yeah, all made sense. but this okay. honestly feels like a kind of thing that could have been soft in, like, you know, two episodes. It's a lot of background stuff that they interspersed with things moving forward. Yeah, I guess. There, I as it's gone on, there's been a lot more, like, art direction to it that, like, kind of... Like, there's a whole section told as, like, a kind of um, a storybook segment, and it's all done, like... With more, like, pastel colors and everything. Like, there's a lot of weird things going on overall that have, like, improved as it's gone on. But it also took six episodes for yeah. me to understand what no. was happening. Like, that would be a lot better if it wasn't, you know, a 12-episode series. If it wasn't series. a 12-episode series, yeah. this would be a lot better. Because I could go, okay, they needed the six episodes, and also they have two more seasons or whatever. But no, it's they have six more episodes to tell their story. Yeah, it, it honestly, from what you're telling me, like, uh, kind of just feels like a lot of this feels like this was meant to be more, and then, like, the creator just kind of, like, refused to shorten his shit. It is a manga, so it might be that this ends up, like, ending at a point where it's like, oh, go read more. Um... <laughs> So, I'm not sure how things are going to turn out, but I'm still going to watch through it. Art. I still want to see where it ends up in the next six episodes, because I've already dedicated six episodes to this, and I actually understand what's happening. So I just want to see how it resolves. Chirps, it's okay to just quit if you don't like a show, man. No, I'm enjoying it. Wow. Like, there are parts of it that I enjoy, you know. It's not like it's completely awful. In my opinion. I mean, you already know my opinion about it, and I'm not going to talk yeah. about it more because of that. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just one of those things where I'd like to see how it ends 
things. Because, yeah, you've only got six more episodes left. Where's this gonna go? Is this just gonna be, like, make-out sessions for, like, the rest of it? Uh, is the action gonna pick up to the point where it's just, like, un- you know, it's basically unrelated to the rest of the series? Who knows? I don't know. Is the Bear Illuminati going to succeed? Maybe. Alright. <laughs> is this is the school actually just feeding ground for bears? Who knows? So, um... Can jet fuel melt steel beams? Who knows? Oh my god. So, last up, before we, uh, before we finish up, we're gonna briefly, very briefly, talk about, uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Alright, here's my so, opinion on it. We're not going to. Yeah, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna hold off talking about it until next episode, mm-hmm. because we're currently halfway through a fight. And I don't think it would be right to just discuss this first half and then just go, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, we'll find out next time. Yeah, because thanks to idiot me, like, demanding, oh, hey, we should discuss JoJo. Um, yeah, we, we need we, to watch all the episodes of JoJo yeah, last week. Yeah, we went to week five of Egypt Art, so yeah. Whoops. But so, so right now we're halfway through uh, a fight. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the Mariah fight. Yeah. And... Like, I think we can talk a little bit about it, but just not, like, go really in-depth until tomorrow, or, or next week, sorry. It's about Joseph Joestar and him being an idiot, that's it. Yeah, it's a JoJo's, it's a it's a Joseph episode in which he just continually fucks up in beautiful ways. Yeah, alright, we'll discuss that more later on, though, at next yeah. podcast. Yeah, next podcast, we'll talk a little more about JoJo's. A little coming soon for y'all. Yeah, this is... Let's consider this a teaser to whet your appetite. Yeah. Make you want to come back. Mm-hmm. All right, so, next up, we're going to read uh, some forum, some forums on the Crunchyroll website and just answer some questions, that the burning questions that Crunchyroll has. Right. Do you want to start, or should I start? Did you, did you have any prepped? Um, yeah. I had okay. some prepped. I say, as I panic and look at the titles. <laughs> um, alright. Um, let me see here. Would you date someone that doesn't like anime? Uh, no. Absolutely not. Not even once. Um, I mean, it depends. Do they like anime? Yes. Do they not like anime? No. 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 Do they like good anime? See, that's a classic mistake there. There is no good anime. God damn it. Yeah, that's... Alright. I have one that I think is really important to think about. Who would win in fight, Superman or a lolly? And then the subtitle is Kawaii Kryptonite? I don't I don't want to discuss this. This is this is <laughs> awful. This is simply awful. I thought it was worthwhile to read, but I'm not gonna answer it either. I yeah. Ju- jury's out on that. Jury's out on that. I think probably the American viewing public would win. Alright. Um, let me see here. Crunchy, you, crunchy roller you want to meet, don't want to meet in real life. I want to meet everyone in real life. Yeah, so I... Give them all wedgies. Listen, I just want to, like, you know, meet everyone in a general discussion forum on Crunchyroll and kind of just discuss philosophy with them. You know, like... What do you think about life, Crunchyroll person? What do you think about love, Crunchyroll person? 
a Christianity and Islam false Crunchyroll person? No, that's the guy oh, who got banned last week when we read this. Holy shit, that's still going on. Oh my god, people are still <laughs> talking about it. So, uh, speaking of asking them about love, let's let's answer this one. What was it like when you touched slash had a boob pressed into you for the first time? Well, what if your lady would like dudes? This is this is kind of like sexist question, Crunchyroll. What was it like the first time you made contact with a boob, either f- either on your own accord or accidentally? Um, is I touched my own booby. What's up, right? I guess <laughs> I I came immediately. Um, <laughs> Then we have questions I don't want to touch even a little bit because they're about like gender and they're about like relationships. And then we have, do women hate each other? Oh, uh... <laughs> the first okay. The original title was, why do women hate each other? And then the mods had to change it to, do women hate each other? Because it was a loaded question. Well, I I, I personally think if you ask that question, you're already uh, really fucking biased. It's about gossip. It's something about, like, oh, women gossip all the time. You think men hate don't? Each other. Like, like, there's no way they would have made Ocean's Eleven where all Eleven are women because they would uh, they would all break apart. And it's like, but that's the point of Ocean's Eleven, too. It's like, yeah, dudes do th- that. Isn't Ocean's Eleven these guys fuck each other over because they want all the money? Man, I don't know. What a... F- Jesus, Crunchyroll. Jesus. All right. And I think I'm gonna close out with this question. Is it possible to be immortal? Uh-huh. Only if you're my immortal. Oh. Oh, chorps. Oh. No, I meant that fanfiction. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay, yeah. Sure, okay. I'm not disappointed or anything. No, don't... Look, baby. Valentine's Day was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Okay, for real though. Final question. Is it weird to be proud of your scrunchy roll points? <laughs> oh, oh my, I just saw that one. Yeah. Uh, no. You can be proud of anything. Please. I will be proud of all of my crunchy roll points. All 20 of them, because I'm pretty sure I actually need to post on the forums for most of them. Actually, I have a, actually, uh, have a few I want to ask real quick. Right. So I'm pretty sure that this is a, uh, this is a family feud question. Most marriages would be successful if a couple have a separate what? Hmm. My answer is a Netflix account, but... Because, you know, no nothing is worse than going onto Netflix and seeing your recommendations full of, like, anime. Yeah, like, because there's no, like, difference between just normal anime and titty anime to Netflix. Basically. Like, Netflix just picks the things that are popular. And you know what's popular? Titty. Um, I'm gonna go podcast, personally. I'm never going to fight anyone I date to my podcast because I know they'll break up with me. <laughs> I can dig it. And then finally, do you cry while watching anime? Listen. You may have answered this one before, but yes, because it's so beautiful. Listen, have you heard me talk about Milky Holes before? Is it not obvious? Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Anime is beautiful. What's the first feature you notice about someone when you first meet? They're crunchy roll points. Whether they like anime or not. <laughs> These are both things that you can actually read. Yeah, no. Like, every anime liker has a tattoo on their body. Yeah, and they have a little, like, thing on their back that just says, I have this many crunchy roll points, like a tattoo. Yeah. It's really fucked sure. up that they have to switch it up monthly, but that's the price you pay for liking anime. 
Goddamn, you're right though. Liking anime is just a disaster. It just gets in the way of everything. I know. Your schoolwork, your love life. Alright. Alright. So, are we gonna go on to uh, the fan mail? Well, uh, let me look through my. Uh, let me look through the the company Gmail account at chorpsawaysa, C H O R P S A W A Y S A, at gmail.com and see what sort of uh, fan mail we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Alright, go on, go on, I'm curious. Oh, okay, we got one right here. Uh, Hello, my name is Jeff, and I am five years old. I love listening to your podcast while playing with my crayons in uh, in kindergarten. Uh, what is your favorite topping on pizzas? Well, first of all, thanks, Jeff, yeah. for writing this. Thank you, Jeff. I'm so glad. I'm, I'm glad that in this, uh, I'm glad that this is technological world, moms are allowing their children to have uh, five-year-old uh, Gmail accounts. Listen, Jeff. Just know that, like, if you want some good anime opinions, we're your man. Like, this is going to mold you with success in the future. I mean, we are the only, uh, we are the only anime podcast online. Yeah, I mean, just think about it. What are they going to ask about you in the future? Like, when you're, like, applying for a job, like, your previous work experience, or whether or not you like Milky Homes? Exactly. Yeah. In a beautiful world, they'll ask about Milky Homes. Yeah. But this world is garbage, and that's why I don't have a job, and never will. <laughs> By the way, so, he has to question our favorite pizza toppings. Favorite pizza toppings? I'm the devil himself, so I like olives. Whoa. Whoa. There's a lot I didn't know about you, future friend. I know. I like, this podcast hmm. is making me just question a lot about my life. Yeah, I, I don't know if we can uh, be fake lovers anymore. Fake? I don't think I can. I don't think I support olives on a pizza. I don't know. What do you like then, Chorps? I like meat on a pizza. Like if I'm just getting a pizza for myself, it's usually like uh, pepperoni and mushrooms. Oh yeah, no, for real. Like actually, my favorite toppings on a pizza are just shitload of meat. Yeah, I like stuffed crust a lot, but that's because I'm a fatty. Oh. Um, see, about that, that's... Well, I, I've probably told this story to you before, but uh, the Domino's around here in the Netherlands once had a mm-hmm. sauerkraut pizza with, like, a stuffed Whoa. sausage. Like, like a... Is that, like, the hot dog stuffed crust? No, not a hot Or, like, dog. an actual it's stuffed like, sausage. It's like a special kind of sausage I think you can only find in Germany and the Netherlands. I forgot the English title for it, sorry, but it's, like, very large and meaty. Okay. But alright. Yeah. But anyway, sauerkraut pizza. That's my answer. Is that... Really? Huh. Yeah. I didn't know they made sauerkraut pizza. That seems pretty cool. No, it's it's actually really bad. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> Seriously, the fucking... Uh, are you eating a sour pizza? Oh, you got a point. I guess it doesn't really fit with the whole cheese and everything. It's like having a pizza with, like, fucking M&M's on there. <laughs> I mean, there are pizzas with Kit Kats on them. Yeah, but those people are gross and disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like... Please follow this podcast for more pizza shaming. I, I will shame you. Okay, you know what? Like, I was self-joking about, like, olives. Whatever. You want olives or pineapple on your pizza? Whatever. But come on. Kit Kats? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> pizza opinions in this podcast. 
very serious pizza opinions. Come on. Uh, you can write to us about your pizza opinions at chorpswaysa at gmail.com, the number one source for fan mail for the, uh, for the Choco Disaster podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's about the end of our podcast, so yeah. let's say that I've been Chorpsway. And I've been Preach Friend, Pizza King. <laughs> and we'd like to wish you a happy week seven of anime. Alright. Have fun, guys. Have fun. See you next time. See ya.